Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Christmas to everyone here. Amen. It's an amazing time of the year as we celebrate uh, the coming of our Christ. Amen. Uh, and coming in our Christ. And, and we spoke last week about the incarnation and him coming in human nature in order to pay for our sins, in order for him to be able to empathize with our struggles and also for him to also be our example. Amen. Amen. Everybody was blessed last week. Like Petey always asked, what if I asked that question? Y'all said no. <laughs> but uh, but we, we thank God for just this, this time to, to just celebrate the incarnation, him coming down and establishing and initiating that reaching out to us. We didn't, the Bible is not about man reaching out to God. The Bible is about God reaching out to man. Amen? Amen. And so this was the probably the most extreme um, of reaching out, that the divine son of the, of the Godhead would take on um, the flesh and the nature of, of man that he created. Amen? And, and in order for him to pay our debt, amen. So we thank God for this uh, season as we just celebrate the coming of our Christ. So today, I want to keep in that theme of this holidays. And um, so one of, my favorite, one of my favorite songs, Christmas songs, which is a lot of, a lot of especially church folk, uh, love this song is Mary. Did you know? Yes, amen. And believe me, I think like if something about that line, did you know that the one that you would deliver will soon deliver you? Like it's just it's just amazing to understand that Mary, in the place of a mother, and I've never been, of course, a mother, nor will I ever be a mother. Uh, uh, thankfully, uh, but I, I I got my beautiful fiance to to, to do that for me. But to understand that you be in a place where you're serving your child, where you're taking care of a child, and every pregnant woman has made decisions for not just for themselves, but for themselves and, and, and their child that they're holding, you know, certain foods to eat and not to eat, certain things to smell and not to smell, certain places to be and not to be. So you're in a position of always serving and, and making things right for that child that you're holding. And yet, in, in Mary's case, the child that she was bearing would bear more for her than she would ever for him. Does that make sense? Nothing that Mary could do for that child, as amazing of a mother as she could be, and we can see, and we can see in our own, those of us who have, who have had the blessing of growing up and being raised by our moms, or even those who have been mother figures, there are sacrifices that our mothers have made that made us be able to be the people that we are today. But yet, no sacrifice, because we, we in our position, there's no other sacrifice than our mamas, Right? You know, I'll always love my mama. You know what I mean? Ain't nobody going to be like my mama. But in Mary's case, no sacrifice that, that Mary could ever make for Jesus will ever surmount to the sacrifice that Jesus would make for Mary. Amen. Amen. And so I just love that just that kind of situation. I, I guess I don't know if I would throw in the word paradox that, you know, that and that line just caps, captures it in that. Did you know that the one that you would deliver will soon deliver you? And so this morning. I wanted to kind of take a play on that, on, that, um, on that title. The title of my sermon this morning is Joseph, Did You Know? So Joseph, as we know, takes a noble position in this whole story. Now imagine, 
I know we we got we at the end of the story, we at the other side of the story, so we already know how the ending goes. But imagine that you have been set up to marry this woman who's expected to be a virgin, right? And now you hear that she's pregnant. And so you are in a position where you don't want to dishonor her, but at the same time, let's be real, you don't want to get played either, right? And so Joseph, um, as we'll read in Matthew, uh, just get to, your, get to the scriptures as I, as I speak, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25, and Mo, um, um, Moses, Joseph is in a position where he wants to, he's trying to figure out what to do. He's in a confusing spot, amen? Um, and so if you have with me Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25, if you get it, uh, please stand up and say amen. amen. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 and 25. Amen. So chapter 1, now we'll be reading from the ESV. Verse 18 says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. By heads of prayer, Lord, we thank you. We honor you, Lord, because you're worthy and you're great and you are awesome, Lord. And we have come today, this morning, Lord, to continue to just dwell on this, this, this coming of your son, Lord, um, in, man, in, in human form and in human nature, Lord, uh, for us, Lord, to, in order to live to die in our place, O oh God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the gift that you have given us, O oh God, that keeps on giving, literally, O oh God. We thank you, Lord, for this word that will go out, Lord. Uh, let me decrease as you increase, O oh God. Let every word that comes out of my mouth be pure and holy in accordance to your scriptures. Let me not try to fill in blank where you've intentionally left blank, O oh God. Lord, we thank you, O oh God, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the soils that are being prepared even now, Lord, for your seed to be planted, for someone else to water, and for you to bring forth the growth. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So we see that Joseph was in a position where no matter what decision, honestly, I mean, other than the fact that the angel straight up told him to stay, uh, you, you kind of you wouldn't blame him. I mean, it, it, if, if, uh, especially as guys, like, it's like, we, you're supposed to be just me and you, and now you come to me and you got a child and you tell me it's the Holy Spirit. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know what I would do in Joseph's place. Like, it would have to be an angel to come to tell me to stay with Mary. Like, it would have to be that way. And so Joseph made the noble choice. And even we see his, his nobility even before the angel where they said he was trying to put her away quietly because, honestly, Mary was in a position to be stoned. Amen? Mary was in a position to be punished for her position if, if it had not been the way that it was. And so Joseph, even, in, even before he was told and confirmed by the angel, was trying to do it in a way that would keep her and, and protected and in a way that, that would still, you know, I, I'll leave her, but I will do it quietly so that way nobody comes at her. So we even see his nobility even in that. And so even on top of that, the, the angel comes to him and reveals that what she said is true. It is by the Holy Spirit and that, and that I want you to be the, the natural father. Sets him up to be the, 
the, the, the earthly father for Jesus Christ. And so and it's a fulfillment of the prophecy, which in verse 23 says, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And so when he woke up from the sleep, he did just as the angel of the Lord commanded him and he took his wife. But he knew her not until she had given birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. And so in the same way, the song talks about how Mary, you know, pretty much paints a picture that Mary could could was in a position where she would receive more from this child than she would ever give. And in the same way, Joseph, it was in a position where he would receive more from this child than he would ever give as a father. And so there's three things that I want to talk about this, tonight, this morning that Joseph would give to Jesus as his father, but ultimately was being given to him by Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. So the first, the three things that I want to talk about this morning is Joseph would give him accept, would give Jesus acceptance. Joseph would give Jesus love and Joseph would, Joseph would give Jesus protection. Amen. Acceptance, love and protection. So we see here. Immediately, just from the picture that we just painted, that Joseph gave Jesus, the child, and his mom acceptance. Meaning that he accepted the fact that, okay, I can, this thing, I don't, I can't make sense of it. I can't understand it, but I will accept you as, as my son. I, would fa I will father you as if you were my own. Even though, even with the truth of it, you're not naturally my child, but I will accept you and father you as if you were. And so we see that Joseph accepted Mary and the unborn Jesus, and he had a chance to leave them, but chose not to uh, because of the rev revelation from, the, from the, uh, the angel. And we see that Jesus accepted those, who later on in his ministry, would accept those who weren't considered his. What do I mean? If you look at the genealogy of Jesus, right? If you ever, I know we, we tend to skip over the begats and, and you know, he, and this was born unto this person. And we try to skip up to get to the, the stories. We want to see the narratives. We want to see the pictures. But there's something that we miss when we don't read through these genealogies. In the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior, the perfect one, the holy one, the anointed one, the one who would die on, on the cross for our sins, there are some peculiar people in his bloodline. Number one, we have a woman by the name of Rahab. Now, if you remember in Old Testament, right before the, the Jericho walls fell down, um, there was a woman, a prostitute by the name of Rahab. And this is the same Rahab who lived in Canaan. And so when when the spies went in, she was the one that housed them and protected them from from the king in order for them to be able to overcome Jericho. And so, you know, you hear about, the, you know, if you remember the scarlet thread that, that she, she laid out her window in order for them to be protected. And so because of that. God engrafted her into the bloodline of the soon and coming king, a prostitute. Then we have Ruth. Ruth was a noble woman. We know we talk about her staying with Naomi and, 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 and you know, you know, she met her Boaz and that's where everybody tried to meet their Boaz. And so we, this is Ruth. This is great. But the thing is, Ruth is not an Israelite. Ruth was a Moabite. Go back and you read, read it. And the Moabites was one of the enemies of Israel. But yet Ruth found her place in the bloodline of the soon and coming king. I love when it talks about when it comes from David to Solomon, whose mother was Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah. Now, Matthew, why would you bring that up? 
Matthew, all you had to say was David. That was the prophecy from Solomon and move on. But why would you bring up Bathsheba? And then, not as the wife of David, because that ultimately is what happened, but as the wife of Uriah. So even in the midst of the adultery and the murder, overcoming, God will redeem that and put that in the bloodline of Jesus. See, Jesus was accepting Gentiles way before Paul started writing it in Romans. Way before Jesus even set foot on this earth, the Gentiles were already being included. So the engrafting in that conversation, if you ever read the book of Acts and the book of Believer Galatians, where Peter and Paul and the disciples are having this conversation, what do we do with these people who are not born Jews? Do we accept them? Do they, do they receive Jesus the same way that we receive them? If they do, well, all that stuff wasn't new to God. God had already been engrafting them way before Jesus came onto this earth. So Jesus was accepting those who weren't considered his, 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 part of his genealogy, the same way that Joseph did the same for him. Amen? And in the same way, there are those of us who maybe we're not talking about bloodline, but some of our past and some of the things that we have been through, some of the things that we have done willingly and unwillingly, that if somebody were to look at it and say, you should not be saved. Who are you to proclaim this Jesus? When they bring up your past and the things that you have done and the things that you have said and the lifestyle that you may have lived and they say that you're not worthy enough to be saved. And when you understand that God's redemptive power is able to overcome those past things, to be able to pay for those past sins, to be able to overcome and shadow those past lifestyles in order to engraft you into his genealogy. So Joseph accepted Jesus, but not as much as Jesus would accept the world. So Joseph gave Jesus acceptance. Joseph also gave Jesus love. Joseph loved Jesus as his own and cared for him and Mary. You know, we, we, we get the with nativity story and, and you know, when, you know they, they depict of them going from end to end and then when a census has to be done and, you know, Mary's on, on the donkey and he's, he's, he's riding along, walking along with the donkey, tired as ever because there was no NJ Transit, there was no Uber, there was no Lyft. So they're walking from city to city in order to get the census done, you know, and, 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 and he's caring for her. He's making sure and providing for her and this unborn Jesus. So Joseph is giving love, but Jesus being the son of God, loved Joseph before Joseph was even born and loved him enough that he would position himself to be the earthly father of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Nothing happens by consequence. Yeah. Joseph was chosen. It could have been Joseph. Now, I understand that Joseph was in the lineage of David, so it would have to fall. No, no, no. Joseph, I'm sure, sure probably had siblings. It could have been anybody. In the same way that David wasn't chosen by chance when he was in the, in the fields with the sheep and any of his other brothers, Joseph was chosen for such a time as this. And so Jesus, being the son of God, because remember, the, Jesus, the, the, the earthly, the, the human nature, this is his first time appearing, but Jesus being the son of God, the second of the Trinity, was eternal and created Joseph. He knew Joseph before he was even in the womb of his mom. And so he understood that I love you so much that I will position you to be my earthly father when I come into this earth. So no love of Joseph, amazing as his love is, will ever equal the love that Jesus himself had for Joseph. Joseph gave Jesus acceptance and gave him love. And also, out of the love, Jesus came down to this world out of his love for us. John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever may believe in him, you know, I always remember the KJV, believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. 
First John, I believe it's First John 3, 16, where it says, what kind of love is this that a man will lay his life down for a friend? Jesus came off the basis of love. That he would give his own life. See, as a father, even as parents would say, even as a father would put their lives on the line, would sacrifice for the children. Some fathers are having three jobs, going in, being tired, being exhausted in order to make sure their child is on point, their child is taken care of. But Jesus would go even the extra step that he would die, literally, willingly die on the cross for his father, Woo! for his earthly father. So as amazing as Joseph's love was, he didn't realize that he was receiving a love much greater than that. Joseph gave Jesus acceptance. Joseph gave Jesus love. And also Joseph gave Jesus protection. When Joseph was warned to flee from Bethlehem to Egypt and then from Egypt to Nazareth, he did so to protect the child he was entrusted with. We see in Matthew 2, verse 13 and 15, and we just kind of gave a little run through with the, with the play, which was an amazing play again, um, that after the, the wise men had left, Herod was angry and was jealous of this, this soon coming king. And so he had set up for all the children, two years and younger, to be killed in that town. And so the angel and the protection, uh, in, in his protection, he talked to Joseph and said, take the child to Egypt. And then later on, when everything was kind of settled, he brought him out of Egypt. And then, but yet, they, because Herod's son was in place, told him not to go back to Bethlehem, but to go to Nazareth. And so we see that Joseph listened to the angel, not just for his own protection, because he could have just did. But he did that to protect his wife and, 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 his, and his son, his adopted son, I would say. And the very calling over the child Jesus kept Joseph under his strict protection. What Joseph didn't understand was it wasn't him protecting Jesus. It was Jesus protecting him because Jesus, that baby Jesus, had a purpose over his life that the angels would protect him. They were just using Joseph as a vehicle. What they didn't understand is that they probably would have killed Joseph in order to get to Jesus. So Jesus was actually protecting Joseph. So because God loved his son and God had a purpose for this baby, he had his angels to come and tell him in the dream, I need you to dip. Go to Egypt and come out of Egypt. You know what? Nah, don't go there because his son is coming. He's probably worse than his father. Go to Nazareth real quick. And as a matter of fact, and the thing is, this is nothing new. It's not an audible because, again, every step of the way you see so that it may be fulfilled. See, the prophecies, and I'm going to go off of the tangent just a little bit. The understanding, when you list all the prophecies of the coming Jesus, and then you put it aside and you see all the fulfillment of it, there is no doubt that Jesus is the Messiah. Because here's what throws me off. It says that, you know, there's a prophecy about Bethlehem that out of it will come a ruler. Then, it, then another prophecy that says, I, I will bring, call my son out of Egypt. And then another prophecy about him being from Nazareth. So when you think about it before it happens, like how can you be from Bethlehem, be from, be from Egypt, and be from Nazareth all at the same time? But God had ordained it that he was born in Bethlehem, sent to Egypt, then called out of Egypt to live in Nazareth. So God had these ordained steps in order to protect not only Jesus, but Joseph. So Joseph thought he was protecting his son, but his son was protecting him. And in that same way, Jesus' mission was and is to protect us from the death sin has sentenced us with. His life as a child will later lead to the death of a man to save us from the penalty of sin. We are protected by the ordained steps of the Lord. You know, we had the song in the word that says, order our steps in, in, in your way, O Lord. I think I messed up the lyrics. Y'all can look it up. 
But y'all know, y'all know, y'all probably know better than me. But order our, our steps that when we follow God's steps, when we follow God's guiding, that he keeps us under his protection. And God, Christ has come to protect us from the very thing that haunted us from the garden. I thank God that it wasn't something that was just thought of by surprise. But even in the garden, Jesus was prophesied. You know, there's a word called, uh, uh, and David, I don't know why David can, David probably help me. Proto-evangelicalism, or whatever. Y'all look it up. Y'all look at it. Yeah. It was something. It's close. But what that is, is the first gospel message. The first gospel message was in Genesis, was in the garden. When, he, when God prophesied over the serpent and said, you will strike the heel of her seed, but her seed will crush your head. Let me let you know something. We are, when that seed they're talking about was a singular seed. It, it wasn't just talking about, yes, we have the authority, but we have authority because of the one who really crushed his head. It was speaking of one seed, which is the seed Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ will come and crush the head of the enemy. So that way now when we look at the enemy, this is why we have victory over the enemy. Because the enemy is already defeated. See, the enemy just has this deceitfulness of him to make us think that he's able and capable to overcome us. To think that he's, to make us think that he has the power to overcome us. But when we understand that the victory is already won, when we understand that we don't even have to work for this victory, all we have to do is have trust in the one who has already gained it. You know, we said it when we started singing uh, victory belongs to Jesus. And I, and I was I was exhorting that victory belongs to Jesus. And so because we belong to Jesus, victory belongs to us simply because of that. Not because we went off and got victory on our own, but because of the victory that Jesus won. We have victory ourselves. Jesus came to protect us from the from the, uh, uh, the sentence of death that sin had over us. For the wages, Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And who? Christ Jesus. So while Joseph, <laughs> while Joseph was protecting Jesus, Jesus was really setting up to protect Joseph. That he was setting up that, that death that was, that was hovering over Joseph because of the sin of the first Adam. That this, he didn't know that he wasn't just birthing Jesus, who's also no, a.k.a. Emmanuel, but he was also a.k.a. the second Adam. A.k.a. the one that would come and to reverse what the first Adam did. So while Joseph, in his fatherly stance, and as noble and as, as amazing of a father as he was to J Jesus, he finds himself in the same position as Mary in the song, Mary, did you know? Joseph, did you know that the one that you would accept was, will be the one to accept you? Joseph, did you know that the one that you will give all your love to will give a love that surmounts that back to you? Did, Joseph, did you know that the one that you were seeking to protect will actually protect you better than you could ever protect him? Joseph, did you know? There's so much more that can be said about this baby Jesus. While he humbled himself to come to this earth as what would seem to be a helpless child, his ministry was already in effect. There, those who were considered sinners traveled long ways to come see him and receive the truth that he was the Messiah and they worshipped him. Do you understand that the three magi, I know we sing We Three Kings and we talk about it, well, but in, even that's the three, but that's a whole other conversation. We're going to keep it for the Christmas play. I ain't going to mess that up for y'all. But the, the wise men, the group of wise men that went, to go see, they were astrologers. Do you understand that in the Old Testament, they were considered that they were they were sinners. 
Do you understand that they weren't in line with because they were astrologers? But yet, the, the birth and the coming of Jesus would have them travel a long trip in order to come to him. And what does the Bible say? They came and they worshipped him. That he would turn the hearts of those who were considered sinners. And then later on, actually prior to that, you see the shepherds. Do you not understand that in, in, in the city, in the shepherds, they were considered so low that they weren't counted in the census? But yet the angel, it wasn't that they heard from somebody else. God sent an angel to their field to tell them, you need to come and see this Jesus. That the, that the ones that weren't considered important enough to be counted in the number in the population of the city were called by God himself to come and behold the son of the living king. Jesus' ministry was in effect way before the baptism. His physical ministry, his ministry that we can visually see on earth started at 30, but his, his ministry was already started even when he, he was a child. Jesus was pacifying things before he outgrew his own pacifier. <laughs> For those who don't know, pacify means to bring peace. And those of us who are parents understand, yep, that's, that's what it does. So Jesus was pacifying things before he even outgrew his own pacifier. This was not a regular baby who became great. <laughs> this was greatness who became a baby. So as we celebrate this season, let's remember how Jesus Christ came to show that he accepts us, he loves us, and he will always protect us. Bow your heads and pray. Lord, we thank you. We honor you, Lord. Lord, we praise you, God. You are amazing. You are awesome, God. Thank you, Lord, for accepting us, O oh God, into your family. Thank you for adopting us, O oh God, into your family, Lord, by the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that you have accepted us, Lord, that you have changed our hearts, Lord, and, and, and changed even our, our name spiritually, O oh God, Lord, that we may match the family that you have brought us into, O oh God. We thank you, Lord, that you love us, O oh God, that you loved us so, that you would send your your only begotten son, to die on the cross in our place, O oh God. And Lord, that you protect us, O oh God. You protect us from the penalty of our own sin. You protect us from the wage of our own sin, which is death, Lord. But in return, you give us the gift of eternal life through your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, as we go through the season and we're celebrating the king, let us celebrate the fact that you do those things for us, O oh God, out of your love for us, O oh God. That the ministry of Jesus Christ didn't start after the baptism, but the ministry of Jesus Christ was already in, in effect even generations before he became part of this earth, before he took on human nature. And Lord, it was already prepared for us even before Jesus was physically here. So Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your, your intricate plans that you have already set it up way before we, were even thought, we even thought of that. Way before it was even a conversation for the disciples to have about whether or not to, to accept these people who are not Jews, Lord, you had already accepted people who are not Jews into the bloodline of your soon incoming king. And yet he was still pure, still holy. But yet, Lord, you showed your redeeming power that you would change the hearts of people. That even though that they weren't naturally an Israelite, Lord, that you would bring them into the family by faith. Thank you, O oh God, that you made provision for us. Thank you, O oh God, that you have already planned for our salvation to be received through your son, Jesus Christ. So, Lord, as we celebrate the season with our families, we just praise you. We lift you up, O oh God, and we thank you, O oh God, for that great gift 
which is Jesus Christ. Pray all these things in the matchless name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.